1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Another day has gone by, and another day where the Yankees did not speak. I think this is the longest it's been, at least in recent memory. Usually they do that post-mortem press conference within five or six days of the season ending. It's now Thursday, October 14th. The season ended last Tuesday, so it's been... Is that nine days? Um, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a math wizard. Anyway, we're going to be grading hitters today, Scott. Hitters, position players... Let's I'm excited. I'm excited for this. This is it's it's a it's Alex Rodriguez Schigan is what it is. <laughs> well, um I thought we gave some pretty favorable grades on the pitching side. And that's because overall the pitching staff was pretty good. I gave the numbers at the end of last podcast. The same cannot be said for the offensive side. The Yankees finished 10th in the American League out of 15 teams in total runs scored. They had a WRC plus of 101, which means they are a sliver above league average offensively. This roster with all of those big hitters were not built to be a league average offense. And that's exactly what they were. It's exactly what they were. I mean, just the amount of runs that they scored compared to the rest of the league is is embarrassing you know when you see the way that they are built they should be scoring more runs and it just didn't happen it didn't happen because the the complementary pieces were not there a lot of guys struggled you, there there is a, a big piece of this is that too right like we can't ignore the fact that the first half of the season was just a complete dumpster fire because guys just were not executing as well there is a lot of a lot of this blame has to be on the players in the way that they either prepared or executed in the in the first half. Yes, we can look at the construction, we can look at Brian Cashman, we we can look at Boone, you know, not not hitting fungo uh, ground balls to them or telling them where they need to be in a position or 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 tell Glaber to hey Glaber react don't think when the ball comes to you you know things like that. We can blame all that, but at the end of the day, these guys are professional athletes that need to hit the ball and field the ball and throw the ball, and they didn't do that, at least for the first half of the season. And a lot of that needs to be on them. It does. Um, So it's just a a, a big piece of this. And that's a big reason why those numbers look so bad, too, because they did not execute. So I took a screenshot from Fangrass of the American League uh, team offensive stats. Do you notice anything about the Yankees relative to the rest of the league, their, their offensive stat line? Anything jump out to you? Um, there's a minus 15.1 number in there. Look at the walk percentage. It's the only double-digit walk percentage, 10% in the entire league. They walked more than anyone in the entire league, even more than teams like yeah. the Astros and the Blue Jays and the and the Rays and the Red Sox, which all led the American League and runs scored. So they got guys on base. They just then didn't execute. Now, right. do you want to say that's unlucky? I think a lot of analytically-driven people would say they got unlucky. I think once you get to a 162-game sample size, which is the largest sample you can possibly have in Major League Baseball in a single season, that's not unlucky anymore. That's just poor execution. Base running mistakes, poor execution, a lot of strikeouts, Approach. approach, all of the above. So yes, they still walked. They probably, if they bring back a very similar roster next year, will walk a lot again. But they'll still fail to execute with runners on base, which will lead to... 10th in the American League in runs scored. You can look at all the bells and whistle stats, WRC+. plus. You can look at slugging percentage, walk percentage, WOBA, batting average on balls in play. Ultimately, this all comes down to how many fucking runs did you score? And they were 10th yeah, in the American League. Right, exactly. All right. Yeah. Let's get to grading. DJ LeMayhew, I give him an F. Wow. I give him an F. He was an MVP candidate for two years running. He got a six-year contract, and he became a 100 WRC plus hitter. He hit 268 after hitting near the top of the league in back-to-back seasons. He led the American League in the short season in batting average. They needed DJ LeMahieu to still be the consistent offensive force in the leadoff spot, and he wasn't that for the entire year. And I know maybe he was dealing with injuries. We didn't really give guys breaks on injuries in the pitching side, so I'm not giving guys breaks on, on uh, hitting side for injuries. He failed this year. There's Okay, there's a difference between not giving guys breaks on the injury side for the pitching because, the, again, built-in expectations. We talk about expectations a lot. My expectations Ex- expectations for, for, DJ. for DJ are high. Right, but we understand that some of those pitchers were injury guys. They missed time. DJ didn't really miss much time. DJ played through this, I think when I'm looking at these numbers, first of all, they're massively very much an outlier. Like DJ LeMay, he was not this guy. So something is off. Something is, you don't just turn it off in a year. I'm sorry. I agree. agree but his last season in Colorado was very reminiscent of this season he had. Okay. That was what? Three years ago. Uh, you You can't go, you can't just say conveniently three years ago and then see two seasons of absolute stud baseball and ignore right. it you can't so, he, you can't so do maybe that. he's not a 145 wrc plus guy i don't think he's a 100 wrc plus guy but can he be a 120 125 i have a feeling i have a feeling and this is not just because i love dj LeMahieu. i do trying to be unbiased here but i do have a feeling he was dealing with an injury for a lot of a lot of this it makes sense it makes a lot of sense in the way that he was playing and the way that he was doing things that said are we not going to look at the other side of this as well? To me, when I'm evaluating a position player, I can't only look at their offensive output. I have to look at what they also did okay, to the team fine. contributing on the other Fair. side. And DJ LeMahieu, if he didn't exist, this team would have been in a much worse position because of his flexibility in the field. And the and the and he still plays gold glove defense wherever the hell he goes. The guy is... The guy's a stud in the field and gives the um, the team optionality. So yes, he did not execute. He had a bad season at the, at the plate. He'll be the first person to say that. But the lack of power, the lack of like uh, you know the balls getting hit the opposite way, it, it just it screams injury to me. And I'm I'm expecting a, a huge bounce back year next year. All right, and so yeah, what is the grade as the leadoff guy? That's a big tone setter. What's the grade? My grade, uh, I mean, I'm for DJ Limit is a C. Buck. I think we got to split the difference and call it a D. Come on, first of a six-year deal. And he and he hits two sixty-eight with, uh, with a with uh, a three sixty-two slugging percentage. Yeah, it's average to me. A C is average, right? Like he reverted back to an average player. But what were your expectations? He what did. What were your expectations? I mean, easily was an A. He should have been an A. Okay. He should have been an A, A plus, and he's a maybe, C. So I'd say maybe I was that's hard on. Maybe rate. I was hard on him. You're right. He did. He, he still hit two seventy and like and like. You know, he. When you look at his season in a vacuum and compare it to other people, it's better than a lot. It's just not what we expected for DJ Lemayu, and not what we paid for. Um, he does provide the defensive flexibility, but now you're kind of stuck with him for the next five years. Stuck with him. i good. Listen, I'm listen. glad I'm stuck with DJ Lemayu. You're if you're gonna if you're gonna keep Gleyber Torres on the roster, you're you're forced to rotate DJ around the infield. Because Glaber is the, sec- the second baseman. So DJ then becomes a backup second baseman, a part-time first and third baseman. Fine. I think he's going to primarily... I have a feeling Glaber at second. I have a feeling Lemayhu is going to open um, either as the third baseman or the first baseman and stay there as much as they possibly can, depending on what they do at first base. But but he's proven to be able to do that in the past too. Like I don't think that's a problem for him. Next up is Anthony Rizzo came over at the trade deadline, had that monster first six game stretch where we were all falling in love with Anthony Rizzo's uh, RBIs in his first six games overall with the Yankees in 200 plate appearances. He hit eight home runs, slashed 249, 340, 428 with a 110 OPS plus. And I believe, yeah, I, I believe his overall OPS with the Cubs was like 112. So basically he duplicated what he was doing with the Cubs, with the Yankees played good defense, left-handed bat that doesn't strike out. I think we all see the positives in Anthony Rizzo. I give him a solid B for, for what he provided the Yankees. I mean, he did miss time with COVID. He's not, he's not vaccinated. I'm not getting into a vaccinated thing. He's not vaccinated and he missed time with COVID. So that in theory hurt team because he was out of the lineup. I'm giving him a B. Um, so performance on the the field, when I see what he did and what he brought to this team, he's a B plus for me. Um, because he he did what we expected him to do. He played very good defense. He was a lefty bat that that can hit left-handed pitching as well. I didn't know that as much about him. So that to me is another positive for Anthony Rizzo. Uh and he's he's just a um he's just a good presence. He's a solid presence. So B plus. You think he's back next year? Probably not. No. Yeah, I agree. I I don't. I think he's a good fit. I though. mean, I don't know what kind of market he's gonna get. I don't know what kind of um Uh, Deal he's going to get on the market. I mean, but I don't see the Yankees with their current infield situation going going to be bidding for him. I mean, the Yankees need to make sure need to put the best product on the field. Bottom line, no matter what they have currently and what the situation is currently, they need to they need to figure that out. And if Anthony Rizzo is is you know the best fitting first baseman, uh, and it would be tough to argue against uh, someone who. I mean you could probably go go some superstars and 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 look on the trade on the trade uh path as well and find some uh, some other guys but I mean he's pretty goddamn good and needing a lefty bat plays solid defense. Yeah, he'll clean up the infield a lot. The other first baseman, Luke Voigt, played 68 games with the Yankees so close. Hit 11 home runs with a 111 wrc plus. I think he was on the injured list five times this season after Playing through footstuff last year and leading the American League in home runs in the COVID season. But this was obviously extremely disappointing. If it weren't for all of his injuries, Anthony Rizzo never would have been traded for. So I think Luke Voigt gets a D minus, and that's kind of being generous. Yeah, it's a D. Even even when he was on the field, he wasn't very, he's not a very good first baseman. He's a bad first baseman. And um, you know, he had moments, but he's he's uh the injuries are just they don't allow him to get into the groove. Like last year when he was even playing through it, you saw, I think you could see what he can be if he's consistently on the field. He's a good offensive player. Probably improve his defense too if he's out there more. Uh, but he's just, he's not that guy. He's, he gets hurt so goddamn much. He needs, to put the, he needs to put the weights down. That's what he needs to do. Stretch a little bit. You know, go, go uh, hey, the yoga worked, man. The yoga worked. Let's let's get into a yoga routine. I remember, I think it was like in January, February of this year, someone one of the B reporters wrote an article about how how Luke Voigt set a personal record for one-arm bench press. And I'm like, what the you hell are I... we doing here? Can you someone I... watch the, can someone on the Yankees training staff just be like, Hey Luke, I don't think that's a good idea? Yeah, it's a it's a bad idea. It's in fact a bad idea here's the thing with with him is that he's he's controlled he's a okay, controlled back so he's a controlled player that you're not going to get any trade value for because he's been injured and also who's going to be trading for a first baseman really there's also some good first baseman on the market right rizzo and freddie freeman okay those are i mean freddie freddie freeman's a stud uh, oh my god I, I wanted the yankees trade for freddie he, freeman I, earlier this year i would love to for the Yankees to trade Freddie Freeman, that would be a dream. He's a, he ex, he's like Anthony Rizzo on steroids. Maybe not on steroids. Maybe actually on steroids. I don't even know what it is, but he's just like a better version of Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, he's he's more of a right prime Mark Teixeira. He's got the he's got that that size and and the ability before the shifting happened. Teixeira before
0: the shift.
1: Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
2: Let's get to the, the the big guys, Aaron Judge. 146 games played. I think the over-under that we set at the beginning of the season was in the 120 range. And they did load management, especially early in the season. And you know what? Got to give him credit where credit is due. It kept Aaron Judge on the field. Those, those random off days because he had a tight tight lower back because he wasn't in a pod on a flight down to Tampa or whatever the hell it was. Kept him on the field, and he was the Yankees best player this season. 5.3 war, 149 WRC+. He hit 39 bombs, 287 batting average. Played center field because of all the injuries. This is an A+. I think if anyone's getting an A-plus on the team offensively, it's Aaron Judge this year. A lot was on his shoulders. You know he he can't come through every single time, but he was the best player on the team this year, so he gets an A plus in my book. He's an absolute A plus, and I'm going. I'm trying to look back to my uh, my predictions because I I mean I was damn close to be honest. I said I think I had 140 games, and I think I said 40 home runs. I thought you said uh, 50 home runs. Maybe I did. I don't remember. I'm, I'm trying to look back. I'll, I'll I'll find it in my notes. But the um. Yeah. A plus. The guy was very good. You know, you, you said load management is the reason uh, maybe really he played 146 games. Well, no, no, They, did, call- they not- did load management in the first half of the season. And we were like, okay, well, let's see if he doesn't go on the IL. Guess what? He didn't go oh, on the on, IL. Hold on. Hold on. Why do we have to call that load management? How about just an off? That's day? what it was because he's, he's not feeling well. I mean, okay. But we're, you have to make it. It's like calling a, a starting pitcher, an opener. It's like, just stop. He just had an off day. Cause he was sore. It's a load That's management. exactly He's what sore. it is. It's, it's called common manage- sense. It's load management. It's common sense. It's common freaking sense. He missed 16 games all year. That's not load manager. He played every game in September, which which is which is I okay. I my big thing He missed 16 games. That's not load management. My my big thing with Yeah, and they were all weighted in the front of the season. My big thing Okay, that's just off days when you need my them. My big thing with off days or load manager, whatever the hell you want to call it, was that if it keeps him off the IL and make sure that he's on the field every day or almost every day when you need him on the field, then do it. I don't care. But if it's not going to keep him on the field, then don't do it. Just run the Ferrari as fast as it can until it breaks down. That That's what we said. And so now I'm admitting they did the right thing with Aaron Judge. And frankly, they did the right thing with Giancarlo Stanton too, who, who's next up on this list. Hold on. I this is This is a, a pivotal point here because – if we're calling this as as like part of a designed plan that he missed 16 games and that's that was the plan and a lot of it was waited early, that has no bearing, I'm sorry, but what happens in August and September, like very much so the game in May that he missed because he was sore. Okay, that makes sense. maybe because he was sore. They didn't push it because he was sore. If he's sore and there's something going on, it's just common sense is what it is. It's common sense to not push something if you don't need to. If we're calling that load management, then we're just creating jobs at this point because it's just common sense. It's what you do as a manager, as a coaching staff. You listen to the player. The player talks about the way he feels and you react to it. You don't overreact to it, but you react to it in a way that makes sense. That There was no plan there. I don't know how we're looking at that and saying that was a plan. I just, the guy played all of September. I just vehemently disagree with all the stuff they talked about in spring training and April and May. 16 games, though. 16 games was a load management program? Yes, it was, because they would routinely do, oh, we have an off day tomorrow, so he's not playing today, so we can get the back-to-back off days, and they'd talk about how we're getting okay, extra 16 games before. is a load management on, program? He's not playing on turf and things like that. Yes, there was there was strategic off days in the first half of okay. the season. Load management. It's the same thing. Fine. It's The name of it's just pissing me off, to be honest, because it seems like we're just... Adding, another I, I, I know here. you. Really, I know you never listened to that podcast I did with Simon about load management and sports science. But seriously, it's what we talked about, and it's exactly what the Yankees' training staff has been doing. But but at what point? At what point does it does it become like when I look? I'm looking back at the end of the year, and I'm saying 16 games. Yeah, 16 games. Mm-hmm. That's just a man just taking care of his body and being healthy. Is it not? What, where's the credit for Aaron Judge actually just taking care of his body and being healthy? No, of course, because that's to me more what it is rather than giving him off days and strategic points, it's him taking care of his body and actually like making sure that he's maintaining his body and being a professional athlete. Do you think That's, to me, more about it. Do you it. think the planned off day when Shohei Otani was pitching was planned, or do you think that was just flying by the seat of their pants? That was, yeah, that was planned, for sure. You're right. So that's part of the load management, part of one of the 16 okay. games. Okay. But let, I would like to see the load management plan at, in the beginning of the season, because if it had 16 games on it, I would be fucking shocked. That's, that's more to the no, no, no. they, they no, just no, kind no. of, they, they, that's not, that's not how that load way. management works. Again, Simon talked about, they have basically like effort value, right? And if you're, if you go up too far in the wrong direction, you get an off day. It's all things that are, are mapped. It's swings. It's how many balls you're running after. It's how it's like torque. How many throws did you make? All these things add up to like a number that these freaking nerds have in a spreadsheet and if it goes to red, or if it goes to yellow, they're going to prevent it from going to red. They're going to shut him down. And part of it is looking at the calendar, looking at the schedule. Oh, Tuesday's an off day. Let's give him Monday off too, so he gets back-to-back days like that. I don't know why you're you're saying this doesn't happen when when it's been talked about at nauseum, written about by all the Yankees people who are following the team. They did it. they and it worked with it. I understand I'm not I'm not denying that it's happening. It's, it's not that I'm like I'm looking at this clear as day and not saying that there's there's some kind of a plan for this because you're right. there were scheduled off days, no matter what. like he was off that day, but also goes back into you shitting on him as a leader. If there was a scheduled off day, yeah. Where, so you know where's what? Your I'm, ground, like, where's your I'm, there? I'm bumping him down to an A because he didn't start against Shahei Otani. <laughs> okay, but because he, he went with the, the the load management plan, quote unquote, and didn't act give like him a first, give him the give him the day the before or the day off after. Like if I if I well that was not that's not part yeah, of yeah. But plan. if I'm, was, but the, I'm the going back, you said, know what? He, he gets a C plus because he needed to go into Aaron Judge's uh, Aaron Boone's office and be like, I'm playing against Otani. and you know what? They knocked Otani out in the first inning, so he could have come out in the bottom of the first inning. More of my point is, is that I think a lot of what this, a lot of this is just the overall physical plan for Aaron Judge, like the off season plan, the way that he's maintained his body. It's not just the off days, it's not fine. just the like strategic off days. It's also how he takes care of his body. Yeah, yeah. And I got, and we got to give him a lot of credit for that. I'm not giving, I think that's more, that's why I'm being contentious here because I think he deserves the credit, not the fucking load management program. Like everything in life, there's not just like a black and white answer. Can you admit that it's all adds up to 146 games? Um, yeah, sure. I just fine. I'll admit that it's part of the plan, but good on Aaron judge for being in the game. Bottom line. I think Giancarlo Carlos Stanton, especially because of how his season went in the second half, squeaked his way to an a minus, um, he had the monster series in September against the Red Sox, and he was a he was a force to be reckoned with. Starting August first, which is when he started to play the outfield a little bit more regularly, he hit three hundred August first on with a one sixty WRC plus. That's the MVP they traded for from Miami. Why? Why? Why did he do that? Why did he do what? was it part of load management for this as well for him not playing the outfield for the first half of uh-huh. the year. Yep, or or did that happen or did that happen because they needed him to? Uh they needed him in June and he wouldn't they wouldn't let him play the outfield. I remember the series in Philly, the National League series. They refused to play him in the outfield even though they they had Greg Allen and the whatever other Jabroni from the minors playing the outfield. John Carlos State was on the roster. He only pinch it. Would have been nice if he could play left field. But no, they had a plan. He wasn't going to play the outfield. And there they said, we're targeting July 31st. Conveniently, the weekend they were playing in Miami, his old team. Yes, there was a plan. Are you, so you then forgetting? getting? what we expect? No, no, but I'm it's, uh, it's, um, looking into 2022, though, and, and looking at what, we're, what we have with this guy and and all of our, it, it, our reactions to when Carlos Stanton is out in the field. We're like, wow, this guy's actually better when he's in the game, when he's in the game flow, when he's playing the position. So if you're telling me that the only reason he was out was because they were trying to keep the load off of his feet and keep his body in shape, then they're going to do it again next year. And we're going to walk well, he was through, coming back banging from in our heads head. against the same goddamn he thing. Coming... He's always coming back from injury. What's the difference? <laughs> he's... He, he we're going to he's the part of the load management program for next year then is going to keep him out of the infield uh, out of the outfield for half of the season is that is that what we have to expect now that's 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 part of this Maybe. as well like show me tell me what i'm supposed to expect am i do, are we really going to just put him back in the dh spot he's going to struggle with his timing he's going to struggle with all these things and then all of a sudden he's going to be a revelation when he gets back into the field that's the sacrifice cuz guess what it was too little too late as a for for the team not just him i'm not saying him he was great But it was too little too late for the team. They needed to do better earlier. They needed to be a better team in May and June. That's true. That's absolutely true. And Judge and Stanton were the only two above league average hitters on the entire roster. And as good as those two guys were, you can't win with only two out of your nine starters producing above average uh, offense. So that's, again, why the Yankees finished 10th in runs scored. I said A- minus for John Carlos Yeah, I don't know. 2022, I would hope that they look at August 1st on and look and talk to Stanton and be like, oh, I know you've had quotes where you've said, it keeps me in the game or it keeps me engaged. If I go 0 for 4, guess what? I can still contribute. Maybe I throw a guy out. Maybe I make a nice running play. I'm contributing to my team in other ways. So we're not going to just DH you for the first four months of the season. I hope that is what they do. I don't know what they're going to do though. But what I do know is he played 137 games and Judge played 146 games, which is more than they've combined for ever. And guess what? The Yankees were bounced <laughs> in the still, wild card game. But so, show me where it works. Show me where the it rest works. of the team sucks. Because when Judge when when Judge has hit the IL the IL or the DL, whenever it was in in, in some of these uh, other seasons, and they got further on, why is it working? What, are we saying it's working because he? He was there the entire time the season the team didn't finish where they needed to be. No, but show me the 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 whole scope of this and tell me it's working within the team and not just an individual player and it was convenient that it worked out. I I I just I, it doesn't make sense but to me. But r- the the rest of the team. The system. baseball players need to play baseball. Eyeballs need to be used. John Carlos Stanton is a better player when he's in the field. Yeah, I I I know. The rest of the team sucked though, okay? So as good as again, as good as those two got. You can Baseball is a team sport, even though it's the most individual team sport out there. However, you can't score a lot of runs when only two of your nine batters are, are hitting well. Yes. So true. if the rest okay. of the team improves, I, I, so next I'm giving year. Stan, I give Stan an I'm giving Stanton an A because okay, apparently fine. it wasn't his choice to stay out for the first half of the year in the outfield. So I'm giving him an A. Okay, I gave him an A minus. Joey Gallo. Ugh. 58 games with the Yankees, 228 plate appearances. He did. Did he have 13 home runs with the Yankees? Is that correct? Can you look that up quickly? Uh, with 160 batting average, he struck out 39% of the time with the Yankees. Oh, my God. 39%. Exactly I, hate, of the I hate it so much. I hate it so um, much. We knew what Joey Gallo was when they acquired him. He was a strikeout machine. He struck out. He's got 38 home runs on the season. He struck out over. Uh, 200 times combined with the Rangers and the Yankees, and he is locked in for next year. I was pleasantly surprised that Joey Gallo is not just a buffoon who swings hard; like he can play defense and he can run the base as well. He can bunt. He, he can, can also- bunt. But this was really bad. It's a. It's it's a. It's a F plus D minus. Again, looking at expectations and understanding what he was, this is exactly what we knew he was. He's a good defender plays good defense um uh, he's not an f he's not an f Th- that's that's like saying y- y- he's performing within who joelo gallows no, 160 160, Brian, 160, 160 Brian batting Cashman average with over. Over. a 39 strikeout rate that's worse than his career stats at least do your career stats yeah i mean his career stats i'm looking at right now his 7 7 years 162 game average 206 is is bad what's his strikeout average, rate so you know his strikeout rate is, um, he struck out. I'll get it. I don't, know, I don't see the rate best. here, but he had two. He has 213 this year. And in 19, when he played.
0: Okay, his um, career
2: strikeout the, rate is 36.9%. He's about the same. It, it, it was slightly worse. So, okay, fine. It's about He's about the same. He's about this guy. He's this guy. This is what we knew we were getting. So I don't know how you give him an F when this is what you know we were getting. I thought it would be a little better. You just don't like the player, nor do I. Like, I like jo- Joey Gallo seems fine, nice guy, plays hard, seems like he cares. He just can't hit. And when he does, he just makes contact. Uh, Dude, like, t- show me the difference between Joey Gallo at the plate and Chris Carter. I Please, show me the so difference. Pete Rose— Because it's probably not very you different. See the, they both close their eyes and they swing did hard. Did you see the Pete Rose thing on Joey Gallo? No. Apparently, he was—I uh, don't know why—talking <laughs> about Joey Gallo— um, he, I guess he was talking to USA today about the Yankees and said that was the worst fucking lineup they could have put on the field. Their six, seven, eight, nine hitters were all out men. They had to have judge and Stanton do something. <laughs> if they didn't, all of the pressure was on Joey Gallo. You saw how that worked out. How does someone who didn't play every day strike out 213 times? Ray Charles wouldn't strike out that much. I just can't imagine striking out 213 times without killing myself. Hell yeah, Pete Rose, you get an A+. I mean, he is so not wrong. The the Yankees, I got, at the trade deadline, I feel like we were so needing a change that I got a little, like, Temporarily enamored by the left-handed bat, always oh, controlled uh, the out. He plays outfield. Yeah, everything that I about, Joey? playing the outfield. And guess what? <laughs> Probably had a p- more positive impact on this team. And pro- if you put him in the game every day, one hundred and sixty-two. I don't care. He runs the bases, plays good defense. So, does, does, Gallo? Gallo do? so does Gallo. So does Same thing. And then, he- but he won't strike out. He'll move some runners over. He'll bunt. You're getting a different type of thing, but is it going to be worse? You're probably not going to get probably more complementary. You're not going to get 35 bombs. Oh, screw. I don't again. Care. I don't. If care. Joey Gallo is hitting sixth next year and hits 35 home runs, and and the rest of the lineup is doing what they should, we'll be fine with it. Yes, in the regular season, that will be fine. That will be fun. Yep, we'll and, he'll, and strike out, he'll strike out. strike out with second and third in the playoffs, and we'll shit all over him. Yep, rinse, re- exactly. rinse, repeat. Because all you have to all you have to do against Joey Gallo is bring in the guy that you know will strike him out because you can do that every time. Any any manager who's opposing can bring in a guy to strike out Joey Gallo at any point. All right. Am I wrong on that? Like, oh, you're not wrong. You know what his kryptonite yes. is. You could literally just strike him out every single time if you wanted to by bringing in a different person. Mm-hmm. If you miss, he'll hit a home run. Uh, Gleyber Torres, F is not bad enough for what he was this year. Yeah, I mean he's a solid F, <laughs> a solid F. You earned that. You F. do not get to walk at graduation. You get you get expelled from school. Glaber Torres. Uh, we we've ripped on him all season. He was removed from shortstop, which just causes so many problems for this roster. Multiple instances of him not running hard. His head completely shoved all the way up his ass. I lost a lot of confidence in Glaber Torres this year. They're obviously going to bring him back next year because he's team controlled and he's a young player. Maybe the move to second base fixes this guy's problems. I don't know if he's completely fixable at this point. I don't know that we're ever going to get all-star Gleyber Torres again. We will hopefully get better than what we had for the past season, two seasons, Gleyber Torres, but is he going to be the 38 home run all-star second baseman? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he was, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes back and, and just like, I, I think he is just such a pure example of, of a head case of the guy, a guy that has talent that needs to get it between his ears, figure it out um, and, and get back to where he was. Cause he's been there. He's seen it. We've seen it. We know he's, we know he can do it physically. He's got the talent to do this. So I would not be expect. I would not be uh, surprised at all if he came back and had a monster year next year. Really, would, uh, a if, monster, if year, monster base, year would surprise me. A better overall year, but I still think he's going to make the mental mistakes. He's still going to provide subpar defense. He's still going to do stupid things like field the ground ball or, or knock down a line drive and just let the runner run to second base and throw to first base. He's still going to do that. Maybe he's another year, another year brighter. Hopefully, and I hope that the Yankees bring in. Like what the Yankees need to do is bring in some more, uh, more veteran players to to help some of these guys through. And you know, we we looked at that construction of that 2017 team with uh, the Matt Holliday's, the 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 Todd Frazier's. Like, we need some of these guys in this team. We need them. Need them. Gary Sanchez. He had a an odd season, I think, because for a brief time it looked like Gary Sanchez was back, but he ended with a 102 wRC plus a 207 batting average, 23 home runs. He essentially lost the starter job if he ever had it. Two of the starting pitchers required Higgy to be their their personal catcher, and I think Jamison Tyon kind of was following in Garrett Cole's footsteps in liking Higgy better, but like for whatever reason, they're just like, hey, Tyon, you're not good enough to get a personal catcher. But they did it for Kluber, and obviously they did it for Cole. C-plus for Gary Sanchez, and that's only because he was... That much worse in 2020. That yes, he did improve in 2021, but I don't know. I think this was. I think at this point they're going to have to move on from Gary Sanchez. So I don't even know what to give him because I feel like everybody else took the took the uh, the spotlight off of him being as bad as he is. But he had a didn't have a good season, and yeah, he ended the year terribly. Um, the fact that he couldn't even stay behind the plate with his pitching staff is a telltale sign of who he is. I think. As a pitcher, and what the and and who guys like to throw to. I, I mean, I don't know. You hear it all the time of of the CC's and the people who have defended that and throwing to Gary, and he's a good receiver of the ball. It doesn't. It just doesn't. I don't see that. How is that? How can you tell me that when we're seeing this many guys going to wanting to throw to Higgy? I just it it's clear okay. cut what what the what the options are and who they prefer. So I don't know how anybody can really say that with a uh, on the grand scheme of things. I don't know what they do. So looking at his contract, twenty twenty two, he's yeah, got arbitration um, eligible for the final season. So last year, yeah. and then he's and then he's up in twenty three. Yeah. So they're going to stay with him for one more year, probably. They're gonna, he's going to be on the roster. Yeah, because wouldn't be surprised he, if they upgraded the, the the position though. Well, how do you upgrade the position? Do you have to keep Higgy for Garrett Cole? Or now do you say, hey, Garrett Cole, you had a four ERA race after sticky yeah. stuff, so you don't you, get a personal You don't catcher get a personal anymore. You get nothing, and you will like it. Because Higgy- it. You need to figure it out. Higgy was uh, caught, uh, obviously, like I said, two fifths, if not three fifths of the rotation. He did hit 10 home runs, a bunch of them, I think, in April and May. 71 WRC plus. He's a terrible offensive player. But Garrett Cole yeah. and Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon and others like throwing to Who him. Who gives better. a shit? They weren't very good. So why are we, why are we, I mean, Garrett Cole shit the bed in the playoffs in the one opportunity that he had and multiple times before that in big moments. You called oh, this out. I'm, I'm done. I'm, you called this I'm done out in the wild post postgame reaction. The Yankees are getting their butts kicked. Garrett Cole's out of the game and they still let Higgy hit one more time. Is that, what is that? What What is that about? I don't know. I think that's just Aaron Boone being a terrible manager. That's what that is. That's that. That's not even anything about the players. I think he just maybe forgot and was like, "Oh shit, Higgy's up." Ah oh, man, I meant to swap him out. I think, <laughs> I think Aaron Boone is just a mimbo and a moron and doesn't understand game flow and has no idea who's in the game. Sometimes it's like listening to Urban Meyer. I don't micromanage <laughs> personnel decisions. Well, maybe you should, or maybe you shouldn't, and just get out of the room. You know, I don't know what to tell you on Let's that. Go back it, to the it, bar. It makes no Urban. sense. Yeah, catch that Wednesday flight. Yeah, do that. What so is Higgy? I, uh, they need, they need to upgrade the position. They need to upgrade the position and add some they need to solidify that position. Gary Sanchez is not the solidify I mean. answer to that question, not, and, to the and, position. And I'm Higgy's sorry. not good enough to be an everyday or even semi-everyday catcher. He is a pure backup catcher play once a week. That's what Higgy is. So I don't know. I give him also a C. Who? Oh, Higgy? Yeah. Oh, fine. Yeah, no, he's a C. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's 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 uh, again just a guy. You did he, if he's the personal catcher for, um, <laughs> for, it didn't work. It didn't work. So they need to refigure that out too. Yes, he he probably he received the ball well. He's good. Uh, and That's what he is. If we're if we're looking at uh, Higgy, I'm not gonna grade him as an offensive player basically because I know what he is. He's a defensive catcher. Next up, he's a backup catcher. That's what he should be. Next up, Gio Urshela, who. Honestly, was on his way in the first couple months of the season to a really good year. But then he was just banged up. And when he came back, he was forced to play out of position again because of Glaber Torres. And he looked really bad after he came back in the second half of the season. Finished the year below league average with a 97 WRC+. And this is kind of what we were concerned about all along with Gio Rochelle. It's like he had those those unbelievable stats where he was uh, all of a sudden a 125 wrc plus player 25% better than league average now if he's league average what's the point of him being an everyday third baseman like no he's just a uh, he's just a rotating infielder at that point so for Gio roschella a, a C, minus a C-? i mean i look i i think i think he is he got banged up this year and and I think that really affected what he is. I still think uh, Gio Rochelle, I'm giving him a B. I think when he was on the field, he was still um, what we expect from him and he can play defense. He was not right. You could tell he was not right by some of the defensive blunders that we were seeing. They're just not, they're not what he does. It's not not, not typical to the the way that he plays. So. I'm giving him a B, but also kind of an incomplete because he, he was uh, a little bit tortured. And I year. do. Do we need to put him on load management? Well, I do um, still love Gio as, as I think, like good for the team. Like what he did in the final series, running into the dugout, like no regard for his body. Like I think that stuff is important. He's a good player and should be on this team. Yeah. He's not part of the problem. I've said that all along. He's not part of the problem. Him being banged up was uh, unfortunate for him, uh, but he's not part of the problem. He's. In fact, I'd, I'd say part of the the correction, part of the solution here. But uh, And even if it's not, it, having him on the team is a good thing. Brett Gardner ended up playing 139 games, way more games than anyone could have predicted. And frankly, and that he should have been playing, but that's not his fault. It's because of injuries he was forced to play. He, he Give him the grade that he deserved. He, he turned around his season in the second half because for a while he was hovering around like 70 WRC plus, which is Higgy levels. And he ended up with a 94 WRC plus. I give him a B. He's an A. No, he's he not an A. Yeah. you Again, we're grading on curves. We look at expectations. Brett Gardner, for what he did and what we thought he was going to be, he's an A. Maybe an A+. Oh, my God. He stepped into this team and actually did it. The man is, what, 39 years old, 38 years old? He's he's an old man. He it, the, Your body hurts and aches, and he got better as the season goes on. And you know why? You know why he was uh, in? Because we needed him to. Uh-huh. They needed him to play. They needed him to play. And he stepped up and played well. I, I so just can't. He played good defense. He played very good defense. Saved a few games in the outfield with some just very, very phenomenal catches in center field. The the fact that Aaron Hicks goes down again, not a surprise to anybody. So who has to step in? The old man. The old man has to step in and do the job of the, of the young kids. And he did it well. And Can I ask you a question? In a class, if there's a kid that you know is just shouldn't be in that class, but he tries his ass off, but the work still is subpar. It's it, it's just not great. You give him a sympathy B, you don't give him a sympathy A, okay? He gets a sympathy B, not a sympathy A. I can't give someone... Is that is that guy in class 39 years old and been out of school for a long time? Because, you know, he's not supposed to be there at he's, all. He's just not right. supposed to he's be the, there. He's the, he's the 24-year-old. Everyone knew this 24-year-old in college who just like dicked around for four years after high school and now he's 24 years old and he's still in class and he's not very bright but he tries hard and uh he gets the beat he gets a solid 85 the 24 year old still in college is not trying hard just so you know but the he's just there for the parties they made a movie it's called van wilder he's not there to try hard he's just there because he found the uh the loophole brett gardner again expectations this is not a classroom this is a this is a grade based on performance in a in a relative uh field of who's there and what happened. A. Do you need to stop or can we keep going? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I gotta stop. I can uh I my I've had people cancel on me today too. So I can uh at twelve o'clock, I can get back on if you want. I have a meeting at twelve thirty. I'm open. I have a meeting at twelve. How about between after our slate meeting? How about two o'clock?
0: Go to your happy place For a happy price Go to your happy price price Priceline
2: It's only a kick A jump
0: A block It's only a serve It's only a tackle A run It's only for the fans
2: After all, it's only pressure You got this Adidas Ruggie O'Dor, the man that played far too much this year, but I feel like Yankees fans kind of had a fondness for him just for his his overall positive attitude. He was one of the first guys to always jump out of the dugout whenever they scored a run. That didn't happen very often, so it was always noticeable whenever Ruggie O'Dor was smiling with his wide grin, shaved face, shaved head. But as far as production on the field, lackluster. 202 batting average, 286 on-base percentage, which is terrible. 15 home runs. Uh, he always had pop. But again, this is just a product of this guy played too much. Yeah, I mean, his pop had gone away, so he refound some pop, and he was a, an active contributor on this team, I think, playing in uh, different positions. So, I, I mean, I if we're looking at a grade for him, and again, with expectations in line here, I, I think he's a B coming over could have been much much worse could have been much much worse non productive you know he could have continued the way he was playing in texas and been just a a black hole um he wasn't very he wasn't great but he he i think uh, was a contributing factor for this team <laughs> in a way that yeah you're right he shouldn't have been that you know in as many games but he but he was and they needed a guy like that and looking at alternatives he was pretty good for that he hit cleanup on occasion that's that's all you need. I mean everybody hit everywhere so <laughs> No I was just saying that's all you need to know about how this Yankee season went. You give him a B? Come on. D- again, you're being too generous. It's at best a C for someone who had a 286 on base percentage. Tyler Wade, you're missing the whole point of like understanding who these per- these people are and giving them a grade within that scope as well. Uh, no, I'm I, not grading. Okay. I'm not grading Aaron Judge. Uh, and and Odor the same like Aaron Judge is an A in that same scale Rugio Odor is not a B. I'm giving Ruggie's performance on this team a B. He could have been better, but he was he was good for what he is. I I feel like I am putting it into context and taking into All right, just making sure we're on account, the same page here <laughs> uh, expectations. So the fact that someone who has a sub 300 on base percentage even has a C. Is pretty. Yeah. is pretty I mean, that, generous. that's that's a, that's something that we can take up with Brian Cashman, who brought him over here. He is who he is. He was better than anybody I think ever ex- expected him to be, considering what he was. His last, you know, his last uh, little bit at Texas, he was terrible. The Rangers paid him to go away. Right. That's how bad he was. Exactly. So fine. You're yeah. saying he and was he better. He a relatively active contributor for this. And you look across this team, like again, that guy not part of the problem, but also not part of the solution. <laughs> The next guy Tyler Wade, is he part of the solution? I I don't know. 354 Ooh. on base percentage, which is shocking to be honest, but uh, uh, otherwise nothing nothing positive offensively, A 92 wrc+. Plus. I I I don't know what to say about Tyler Wade at this point. Fine, you want to say he he hit he had 145 plate appearances and he was forced to play shortstop and run run late and all that stuff. Uh C+. Plus? See, you're you're missing the entire point here. Tyler Wade in his role, you give him a C plus for his role. Yeah, I think so. He he actually showed offense. He played good defense. He was he was he he did everything everybody's been waiting for him to actually do. I think he's just, he's not gonna have, he's not gonna be a guy that's gonna give any kind of power uh, any of these power numbers that I'm anybody's talking about looking power. At. I'm talking about, just just period. I'm just saying, like him offensively, he is what he is. Like. Again, I, I thought he should be a pr- full time bunter. The, if he if he full time I, I will give him a B because he should have been he should be bunting more and using that skill set a lot more. I don't think he uses his legs to his ability as much as he could. But the way that he came out, especially after, you know, July on, like the guy was a good baseball player and actually effectively helped this team and is one of the better defenders that we have. Again, his, base in, in fielding, his I feel like he's gone down yeah, on the Yeah, In his though. role he did some things well and other things not well. So that like C plus B he minus. He played a lot. Yeah, he played a lot again because of injuries and because they didn't have a, sh- a starting shortstop on the roster for for most of the season. 102 games he was pl- Tyler Wade, but 100. only 100. You that? A, you... But only 145 plate appearances. Right, but he's coming in for that's exactly it. You you can kind of identify what his role is there. He's coming in because the starting defense was bad or someone was hurt, uh, but he's coming in at for for things that are not offensive. If if they if or offensive. If they sign a big shortstop this offseason, obviously Tyler Wade has no real role going forward. But if they if their plan is to try and get by for another season with a hodgepodge of shortstops, he'll play 100 games next year. If they sign a big shortstop, he does have a role. He's a role player. That's exactly what he is. He can be plugged in in different places. He actually to me has more of a role than a lot of people because of his flexibility and his, you you can't just have one guy that plays shortstop. No, you need but you'd a guy have Gio that play shortstop well. If, if you sign, let's just say, if, if okay, so okay, if Gio Rochella is not the starting third baseman and he's well, D- it, wouldn't DJ LeMahieu be the starting third baseman? If he's not the starting first baseman, he shouldn't be the starting first baseman. There's a number of things that could that could absolutely happen, and I would not be surprised if he was if LeMahieu was the starting third baseman or the starting first baseman. I I could see it in either one. But my point is, is, that Gio Urshela was forced into that shortstop position. He he's not the ideal like flex shortstop of course, guy. Of course not. If but if you sign someone like Carlos Correa, I know that the Yankees fans have strong opinions Don't on that. do say that out loud. Yeah. He he's signed to start 145 games at shortstop. So you you need 15 games in which case Gio could do that. Okay, but you still need a utility guy that can play in different positions, and Tyler Wade does fit that bill. He he. I don't see him going anywhere. I think he took stride, took actual strides forward this year. Anybody who was talking shit about Tyler Wade kind of stopped doing that t- from, from August on. Did they stop doing that? There because, wasn't that much to be talking about him in a negative fashion. Did they stop doing it because Tyler Wade was playing well or because there was so yes. much else wrong on the roster that focusing on Tyler Wade was silly? Both. Okay, He did play well. But he did play well. You, I mean, that needs to be acknowledged. I said C+, plus, well. and then maybe I'll upgrade it to a B-. Minus. But a, yeah. again, there's things the like you said, poor stolen, debate. like poor stolen base skills. Still, I think a stupid baseball player. He he is damn fast, but I think he's a stupid base runner. So it's fine. You want your utility How guy to ju- a stupid base runner? Then why didn't he slide at Fenway Park? He just ran into a freaking out, like a moron. <sighs> yes. Okay, there that was a weird play. I don't know what the hell he was looking at. That was a weird play, but Andrew Velazquez, I it's kind of too small a sample to give him a grade, but he he kind of became a fan favorite. The Squid nickname, uh, local guy, it was just such a feel-good story, and he did have a, a hot first couple series. He overall, I, I feel silly telling the numbers, Two, 224, no, like, 235, yeah, whatever, like it, incomplete fun story. He provided energy, and a, he was a spark to what this team, he he came in at the time when when they needed something, and he delivered on that, so- his role, what he did, was fantastic. I think he was a, a, a contributor on this team. He made an impact in in the way that he, just his presence, I think, was a, a impactful for the fans. Um, but no, he was good. You can't give him a grade, though. Yeah, I mean, The guy was good. Someone I think we can definitely give a failing grade is Clint Frazier, who was... Supposed to be the starting left fielder this year. I know injuries ended up catching up with him. He had the weird vertigo, correct? It was vertigo. I mean, he still has something yes. going on. So there's something still going on. He's being a little cryptic on social right now in the way that Colin Fraser usually is. But this one is a little bit more talking about how this has affected him. So uh, while he did not take advantage of the opportunity that he had because he had a massive opportunity here, I'm still wondering why he didn't take advantage of that opportunity and if it was something related to what's going on in his head right now and and that's you you cannot put your finger on that it's not an injury that you can see or feel or touch so it's very difficult to understand what that does to him as a baseball player um, and if it was something that was affecting him early it's just un, it's unfortunate to be honest like it sucks it does because we saw him take steps forward last year like pretty significant steps that catapulted him into this this role and unfortunately, he just couldn't take advantage of it for whatever reason. Right. What was affecting him this year that wasn't affecting him last year? That, that, well, that, I don't know. No, I, that's, no the, that, that's that's the question. So it, it, in what his expectations were and what he ended up doing, it, it's a failing grade for Clint Frazier. Miguel Andujar is another guy who had an opportunity, partially because Clint Frazier did not take advantage of his opportunity. But also, the Yankees didn't maybe give Cl- uh, Miguel Andujar the fairest of shakes. I think they... I don't know what their long-term plans are, if they even have a long-term plan from Gail Duhar. But in the 45 games that he appeared in, 162 plate appearances, he did not really show the offensive potential that we saw back in 2018. Um, I mean, it's really the same, similar question with Clint Frazier. Is is Duhar's career with the Yankees done? Like, I, I don't know. Yes, no, yeah, sure. I, I agree with both. Yeah, I mean, again, kind of the same thing is that it depends on if he's healthy or not, and, and what kind of player he is when healthy, we don't know. We don't know anymore. It's been it's been such a long time from him for him specifically to to identify even what he is. The guy doesn't have a position. Um, if he can't hit, then he's got no role here, but he's been hurt. So you don't know what he is right now. You just don't know. And would not surprise me if the, they moved on. Uh wouldn't surprise me if he came back fully healthy somewhere and had, you know, a, a good rest of his career if he were to stay healthy. Cause he's a good, he's a good hitter. He can hit. When 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 he's right, he can hit. Yeah, Uh, so that's that's what we all fell in love with. if we're going to fail Clint Frazier. I think I don't think we can fail and do I think it's got to be more of an incomplete someone who uh, I'm not giving a pass on the injury is Aaron Hicks because the guy's always injured. So you, you know, Aaron Hicks got injured again. Yeah, no shit. That's what happens. That's what he does wrist injury in ended his season back in May and when he did play, he wasn't good, 76 WRC+. plus. This is a guy that's supposed to be an on-base machine, and he had a 294 on-base percentage. The whole number three hitter to start the season obviously annoyed the crap out of me. Failing grade for Aaron Hicks. Yeah, Aaron Hicks wasn't good. 32 games, that's that's bad. (laughs) What happens? This is what happened to me in my freshman year, uh, English. I was getting a good grade in English. I just didn't go to the class. Didn't feel like I needed to. But you know what? Because I didn't show up, they didn't pass me. And that was very frustrating because I was better than everybody and I still did well on all the things, but they didn't pass me because I didn't show up. He gets an F because he didn't show up. He didn't show up. And when he did, he was bad. He was, he was not good. Uh the Yankees identified him as a different type of player. He never stays healthy. He doesn't even have an arm anymore to throw the ball into right. uh the infield. So, like we're looking at his positive attributes and where he was, does can't couldn't even do that. So um, you know. He's just, he's a, I don't know what the hell he is. If he's healthy and we see him again, maybe we'll see what kind of a player he can be. But I'm not banking on that by any means. And he puts the Yankees in a bad position. Strike that. The Yankees put themselves in a bad position by by uh, relying on him with this long contract. And I understand that Cashman was looking for a value, but Aaron Hicks is essentially getting paid $10 million a year to play golf and winning zero tournaments. Yeah. Uh, Cashman was trying to steal some value and he's tried to do that with pitchers and it's bit him in the ass because he's acquired injured pitchers like James Paxton and Jamison Tyon and surprise to no one those guys get injured. So, Aaron Hicks is signed through the 2025 season over under 200 games played for the rest of his Yankees tenure. What do you take? Man, you got got to go under. You got to go under. I mean, the the amount of years you have there it should be a no-brainer for over but the, the guy just cannot stay on the field. So, it's hard for, for anybody to take the over on that. It really is. All right. That's going to wrap up the hitters' grades. Thanks, everyone, for listening. If you did not yet, go check out the pitchers' grades. It looks like the Yankees are finally starting to release some some coaching news uh, Thursday afternoon. Scott and I, once the Yankees may be saying anything about Aaron Boone, we'll quickly react to that. We'll talk to you guys soon. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show.